This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. The presence of God came, and we had a, a tremendous time. I'll tell you about some of the things that happened uh, later on in the message. But I mean, we had so many healings, could not keep up with them. I mean, so many things happened. Uh, I'll share one that really stood out to me. There was a lady who was blind in one eye and prayed for the eye. And she goes, it's opening up. Said, I'm seeing some. And I told her to sit down and just keep thanking God uh, that, that she was healed. And about five, ten minutes later, I heard this scream, this shrill. She goes, I can see, I can see. And, and she stood up, and we covered the, the good eye. She could see perfectly. God's a healer. We had another guy with diabetes that had his foot. He hadn't felt his foot in, in years, and uh, it was, he couldn't move his feet. There was nothing there. And of course, the next step is you lose. They cut that off. And uh, anyway got prayed for, and he starts stomping on that feet. He said, I can feel my feet. I can wiggle my toes. I haven't been able to do this in so long. And he just starts doing this, that foot. just. <laughs> and, of course, then everything happened. I mean, backs are healed, shoulders are everything just, it's easy as breathing. Everyone's just receiving, receiving. Because God's a healer. His power's not been shortened. It's fun. So just uh, thankful for God's presence and what he's doing and what he's doing here. Good reports continuing here. And so thankful for, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for uh, a family that loves God and serving him. And yet, uh, like Pastor John was saying, we got, we got some work to do. Our country, we got some praying to do. You know, July 4th, there was a lot of people praying. And uh, many plots, terrorist plots were stopped. And uh, our prayers have power. I believe we can still turn and see this nation turned around. But we got to wake up. And we got to do our part. Amen. I'm going to read to you Proverbs 12, verse 6. It's isn't in your notes. But the words of the wicked are, lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright or the righteous will deliver them. You know, your words have power to heal or kill. And, and so we need to use our words to heal. And you know, you can deliver yourself through your words. And confession is so important. The words that you speak concerning healing. I'm going to continue with healing this morning. Get back into that series. But your, the words that you speak can deliver you. So it's important what we say. And we've got to understand there's confession or speaking God's word unto faith. And there's confession in faith. There are things that you're saying that you're persuading your own heart that are the truth. And so you're speaking words unto faith. And then there's the confession in faith and yours. Once you do that, 
what you speak from your mouth, believe in your heart, you got it. It's yours. So we have to have that understanding and not get discouraged when things don't look like they're going our way or whatever. It looks like that God's uh, not true to his word. He is true. So we have to understand the words of our mouth. Now, if you were brought up in, in a legalistic way concerning confession, how many have ever been around the confession police? Legalistic, I mean... That can just get so extreme, so crazy. It's not your place to correct someone's mouth. You let God deal with them. Now, if you're in a close relationship with someone you're mentoring or working with, you can say, look, you need to watch what you're speaking forth. But if you don't have that place and you're trying to correct someone's mouth, you're like... A tinkling brass. I mean, you are not bringing love to them. It's going to turn them off. Next thing they're going to want to do is duct tape your mouth. So we can get so legalistic. I've had people that wanted prayer. I said, what is your prayer request? I can't tell you because it's a bad confession. I said, well, I can't agree with you. I can't pray. I don't know. And I remember Kenneth Hagin talking about those, those things years ago. It, it, it's, still, it's still there. It's what you believe in your heart. So when you stumped your toe this morning, <laughs> what came out of you, hopefully you didn't believe that in your heart. <laughs> it's a little joke. What I'm saying is we have to let God deal with us, deal with our hearts. You cannot talk someone into, you cannot make someone be the way God wants them to be. You have to let God work on them. But we still speak the truth. We do it in love. But there's times that you can get so legalistic that it becomes... I'm healed because I'm confessing this a thousand times. No, you're not healed because you're confessing it a thousand times. You're healed because you believe in your heart finally what Jesus has already done for you. So that's where we got to, uh, to watch, watch it some. Anyway, focusing on what you say in here is important. Thinking about it affects your emotions. It starts controlling your life. It becomes a part of your belief system. And... And we want to make sure our belief system is right. So we're going to look at healing uh, is yours. We're going to talk about the belief system. And I'm, I've been really praying about people. I've got some people in our church family I'm praying for and believing. And it's been long-term type things that they're dealing with. And the Lord has opened up some things uh, for you. Um, and if anyone is dealing, have you ever dealt with something for a while and you're wondering, where is God? And that thing can start affecting you and you can find yourself in unbelief. You can start going the wrong way and start asking the wrong questions. Well, I'll get to that in just a moment. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved. And we know that word saved there is sozo. Say sozo. 
which means the all-inclusive word of Scripture, every promise, every provision that was provided for us at the cross, or every promise that you can find in the Word of God is fully um, encapsulated or involved in that word, in salvation, saved. And it means, and you got there in your notes, it's always God's will for everyone to be healed, delivered, saved, protected, to prosper, be made whole. In other words, everything that pertains to life and godliness has been provided for you at the cross in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for every single person to be saved, to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life, but not everyone does. It's God's will for everyone to be healed, but not everyone is healed. It's God's will for everyone to be delivered, but not everyone's delivered. It's God's will for everyone to prosper, but not everyone prospers. It's those places that you put, uh, you hear, and you attentively give attention to the Word of God that you get into your heart that you receive from. That's the places that you experience what God has for us. And that word sozo, it expanded also and I gave you some of that in an earlier message about the expanded definition of that word and how it's even freedom and deliverance from the future judgment of God for all the ungodly. You'll not be at the white, uh, great white throne judgment. Aren't you glad? There's two judgments in the Bible, the great white throne and the judgment seat of Christ. Those at the great white throne judgment will be Judge for rejecting Jesus Christ, and they will suffer for all eternity for that rejection of God's love. The uh, judgment seat of Christ, the Bible says, you'll be judged. Each man will give an account for the works that he did in the earth. So those things that you did, good and bad, those good things, it's going to be a rewards banquet. It's really what, what's, what it is, but there's going to be some things that, and we've all done it, some things that were not beneficial for the kingdom. We're not in the love of God. Anybody with me? Are you lying right now? Okay. Good news for you, that part will burn up. My goal is not to have a huge bonfire. There's Pastor Bob's bonfire. <laughs> we want some awards, rewards, awards. It'd be a whole lot more fun to be at an award ceremony where you get an award. <laughs> See, we got some people called to run for political office, but they're not doing it. They are Christians. They need to do it. We need to do what we've been purposed and called to do. That's what the, that judgment seat of Christ, fulfilling the purpose and plan that God has for your life. But the good news is those things that are sinful, those things that you did wrong are, are burned up. So what determines if we experience this great salvation? I talked about Four weeks ago, I guess, you can neglect this great salvation. You can neglect. You can miss out. What causes us to experience this great salvation, the sozo? It's really determined by our believing. Our believing. We could say faith. What we 
believe. It's not according to our performance or anything that we can do or say. It's what we believe. And we can choose to believe. Sometimes you just, I don't like this, what I'm reading here in the scriptures, but I choose to believe it. I choose to do it. See, what you believe, you'll do. You can do some things and not believe it, but you cannot not do what you believe. I'm not going to say that one again. I'm going to listen to that one. <laughs> but what I, I'm saying is your believing determines God has made this available for all of us. This salvation's available for all of us. It's not that you look at someone and say, well, this is happening to them. Well, they made some choices. They chose to believe God. They chose to accept him, believe him, and walk the way he said walk. So, so well, Pastor, I don't know how to believe for my healing. Well, have news for you. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We use this verse leading people to make Jesus Lord of their life, but really the word saved here is sozo, so every single promise, provision of God comes through the same process, the same way you got saved or accepted his lordship, it's the same way that you received from God. You receive prosperity, you receive wisdom, you receive uh, deliverance, freedom, whatever it is, you receive from God, the promises of God, the same way you got saved. Now, when you got saved, did you ask God, did you come before him, and someone's leading you to, to, to pray a prayer, or did you go, I wonder what I need to do, God, to get, to get saved? You know, or what must I do? There's got to be some things I've got to do. Now, you have someone leading you, they should say there's nothing you can do. But we start thinking that when it comes to healing, we, we start, we don't have it immediately, we start, what's wrong with me? Something's going on here, what's wrong? What do I need to do, God? Anything, I'll do it. And we start questioning things not realizing we could be in the process of coming to faith. Talks about seed time and harvest. You can be growing in your faith because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. One of the hardest things I believe to believe for is healing because your body is always speaking to you and saying it's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. And you've got to reject that and say, no, the truth is I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. And you've got to be aggressive about it. You can't be passive about it. So the same way that you got saved, you came to the altar before God just as you are. He said, because of that sacrifice, because of that price that was made, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord. It's that same way for every other promise of God. The same way. We make it too difficult, I think, sometimes. We need to keep it simple. 
instead of time goes by and you haven't had manifestation, what happens? Somebody comes to pray for you, don't pray for me. That stuff don't work. Don't pray for me. And you start moving yourself away, isolating yourself because it hasn't worked in your mind. But see what you believe. You believe it hasn't worked. You believe it's not working. The lady with the the blind eye said, that's God's power because she saw a little difference. said, that's God's power working in you. So here and thank him for it. And God did the rest. So this, this faith in the heart spoken through the mouth. When you came to Christ, you came the way you should have came was empty, surrendering your life. Just surrendering. I surrender to your healing power. I surrender to prosperity. I surrender to your freedom. See, we rejoice when somebody gets free the forgiveness of sins, but we should be rejoicing that healing is now theirs. Freedom is now theirs. Prosperity is now theirs. Abundant life is now theirs. First Corinthians 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now Paul is saying, I don't come to you speaking human wisdom with the wisdom of the, of the world, the wisdom of, of mankind. I don't come with that type of wisdom. I mean, though, the, the wisdom of God is counter the wisdom of man. And, and Paul goes here, I come to you with nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, I come to you with the cross. I've read this many times, and, and, and Paul's ministry was an awesome ministry. And I think, what is it? Does that mean we just... Every single time, just preach the, the cross. And I've heard people preach the cross, but it was a salvation, come to surrender to Jesus. But really, when you understand this, the cross invades every single promise. Everything that you minister should be through the filter of the cross. The belief system should be rooted and grounded in the cross. Where he took my place, the great exchange. Where we're confident if we die, we go to be with the Lord. We need to be confident. Sickness, disease that comes against us. We are the healed of the Lord. Therefore, we resist sickness and disease. We resist poverty and lack. We resist bondage. Because at the cross, he paid the price for each of us to be free. And you have those contradictory uh, symptoms and Things coming against you, but you have to say, I refuse that, I reject that, I receive the truth. I am healed by Jesus' stripes. Verse 6, however, we speak wisdom among you, those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. 
but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man those things which God has prepared for those who love God. Now notice here, there's a change between verse 9 and 10. There's a change of covenants. I don't know if I put that up there or not. I meant to. A change of covenants. How many have heard this in verse 9? Eyes not seen, nor ear heard. And we're thinking about when we're in heaven. That's why it was preached many times. But when you look at verse 10, it says, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Your eye can see. You can hear what God has prepared and planned for you. Because we have the Spirit of God. We're in a new covenant. We're in a different place. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. Say freely given. The Spirit of God is always moving you towards those things that have been freely given to you from the cross, from the sacrifice, from the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even when there's conviction, you've done something wrong, the Lord uses His Spirit. The Holy Spirit is showing you the way things should be. He's showing you righteousness, the, the way things should be. That's another definition of righteous, righteousness, the way things should be. He shows you the way it should be. You should go ask their forgiveness. He shows you the way of the Lord. He shows you the way that you're to go because he knows. This thing is stacked up in our advantage, folks. The Holy Spirit knows the future. He's been there. He's back from the future. He's back from the future to give you good news and give you the advantage. This is a bookie's dream. <laughs> I've got the playbook. I know what's coming. He tells me where to go, what to invest, what to do, and he brings the increase because he knows the future. Mm. that we can know these things freely given to us. They're not discerned through the natural mind. They're spiritual, spiritual things. It's, it's revelation. Every promise of God can only be experienced, it's in your notes, when our belief system is anchored to the finished work of Christ at the cross. Paul had a revelation of the cross that healing was his, deliverance was his, freedom was his. They couldn't, they couldn't kill him. They stoned him. He's dead and he, he walks out. He treads water for three days. <laughs> he shipwrecked all these times. They, he just, he knew. 
He had a revelation of the cross. He said, man. The cross is all based on Jesus, not us. When we say it's all about him, it's really all about him. It's about us believing him. But believing is a choice. You can just start telling yourself, I choose to believe. I choose to believe this word. Verse 4, And my speech and my preaching were not persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So my faith needs to stand or rest in the power of God, not human wisdom. You go to a doctor. You have this meeting with a doctor. He calls you. He does these tests, these natural tests. And, and then he calls you in for your appointment. He moves his glasses down like this. And he says, I know your problem. I open the Bible and it says you're oppressed of the devil. No, he uses natural things and he brings you the natural solution. He brings you tools to help facilitate the way God created your body to bring healing. Are we for doctors or against? We're for doctors, absolutely. I would, but pray first. <laughs> pray while you're going. What about medicine? Not against medicine, but I, I would pray for the good effects and come against the side effects. And be believing God to get off of it. Walking with God. 1 Corinthians 1.17 So my faith needs to rest in the power of God. Not my strength and my ability. 1 Corinthians 1.17 For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. What's the power of God? What's our connection with the power of God? The cross. It's the cross. That we don't earn it, we don't deserve it, but He did it for us anyway. It's a free gift. Healing's a free gift. Prosperity's a free gift. Do you have responsibility? Yes, you obey Him. Do what He says, do. Because if you believe, you will obey. So, the power, and Paul walked in amazing power of God is in the cross. Understanding what happened at the cross. That the price was paid. And you can do it for teaching on leadership. Well, at the cross, there was a great exchange and God gave you His ability. It's called the grace of God. Your inability is what He took. His, he took on your inability to deliver Himself and brought himself into the hands of the enemy and died for you as your substitute, 
to give you the ability of God that you can be the leader, you can be the influencer, you can be the one who brings good news, you can be the one who is prospering and setting new boundaries, new limits in the, in the world of finances. Nothing's impossible. He was rejected of the Father where you could be eternally accepted by God. The cross has not lost its power. The cross is the crooks. It's the foundation of our belief system. Everything that comes into me, news-wise, information-wise, everything I hear should be filtered through the belief system of the cross. Well, God's not forgiving sins anymore. I filter it through the cross. He became sin for me. He took my sins. He paid the price. Well, God's not healing people anymore. Well, he took sickness and disease. I look at the cross. It says he bore my pains and my griefs. He took it for me. Well, God cannot heal emotional problems and oppression, depression. It says the chastisement of my peace was upon him. Well, God doesn't prosper people today. It says that he became poor, that you might be made rich. He still prospers people. I carry it through the cross. Well, God's judging people. He's so mad at America. He's going to wipe it out. He took the judgment and put it on Jesus Christ at the cross. God's not judging people. They're doing it to themselves. There's a law in the earth called sowing and reaping. We're sowing some bad seeds as a nation. Anytime you make a decision that's against what God says, you're going in the wrong direction. And there's a reaping. But it's not God doing it. We do it to ourselves. Because he put the judgment on Jesus Christ. There is coming in the future judgment. But our judgment will be the judgment seat of Christ. And our bad works get burned up. Hallelujah. You know, the truth is, when my little, <laughs> speak some faith, my little fires over here, what I need to be doing is run, hallelujah, glory to God, it got burned up. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I need to be doing. Not, you know, <laughs> the guy who has the biggest bonfire. Needs to be screaming and shouting in heaven. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm rested. <laughs> okay. I heard this testimony recently. A lady of cancer, and she's on morphine. And her husband comes in the room and says... She goes, don't sit in that chair. There's an angel there. Now, he, he thinks she's just hallucinating and you know, all this and humors her and said, well, ask the angel why you're not healed. And she goes, you heard him, you know, why aren't I healed? And the angel goes, you're already healed. And he goes, well, Ask the angel, why is it taking so long then if you're already healed? And the angel goes, because you're making it too difficult. So healing is easy as getting born again. 
That's what the angel said. She got healed. Maybe we're making this thing too difficult. Maybe we just need to go back to the cross. Maybe you need to take your problem to the cross. Say, God, I surrendered. When your healing is based on what Jesus did, you get healed. When it's based on what you're doing, what you've done, you don't receive. So we got to filter things through the cross. God hates people, no. He so loved the world. He loves people. So what we got to do as church, love people. Well, you just don't understand. God took everything I got. No. There's one who still kills and destroys. God's a blesser. He gives life. Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, also the Greek, for in it righteousness of God is revealed from faith. Faith is written, the just shall live by faith. What's the gospel? It's the good news. It's the death, burial, and resurrection. Because it is the power of God. See the tie-in? The power of God was demonstrated. It's connected by us. When we go to the cross, I'm to live by faith in that in that that gospel, that cross. When I was uh, ministering in the Ozarks, the other other church, you know, the pastor said, "I want to take you to a nice restaurant." Now he lives in the area. He uh, knows the restaurants. Did I go and say, well, just give me a few minutes. I need to go Google. Get on Google and, and make sure it's a good place. Did I need to be concerned? No. What, what did I do? I said, sure. Now, how much faith did it take on my part to go to that restaurant? Not a whole lot. I was piggybacking off of his faith. His faith, and they, they were going to cook and do a good job. And they did. Well, you know what? Jesus believes this stuff. He said it's a good restaurant. Excuse me. He said it's a good price that was paid. That this gospel works. Well, I'm just going to piggyback off of him. I don't understand it all, but he says it. I'm just going to choose to believe him. I'm just going to go along with him. That's what we need to do. <laughs> Relax in him. Just believe you're healed. Get hands laid on you. Just receive and act accordingly. Just believe it. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ as long longer. I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The Bible says you were crucified with Christ. When you become a new creature, you get you surrender to Jesus Christ. You become a new creation in Him. I was crucified with Him. Something powerful happens when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. And it's retroactive. 
God sees you before you were born. He sees you at the cross in Christ. It's no longer just Jesus on that cross. You're on that cross. You're crucified. Did you know you got crucified? In Him. God sees you on the cross in Christ. Then you got Colossians 2.12. Buried with Him at baptism, in which you are also raised with Him through faith and the working of God who raised Him from the dead. You being dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He made us alive together with Him, having forgiven all your trespasses, wiped out the handwriting and requirements that was against you, which were contrary to us. He's taken that out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The reason everything gets burned up is because everything, every law, everything that is against you was nailed to the cross. It was taken care of at the cross. And it says that you were crucified, you were buried, and you were resurrected. Now, who is the body of Christ? We are. We are the body of Christ. I have news for you. Jesus Christ is no longer sick, and you're his body. What's that make you? Healed. Sickness comes against my body, I got to filter it through the cross. His resurrection, he's no longer sick, he is healed. He doesn't have no bad headache day, nothing. He's healed. I've got to see myself. You know, he got inheritance. Now I'm a joint heir. I got his inheritance. No wonder it's beyond what we can think or see or imagine. All that was accomplished at the cross. You know, uh, back to verse, let me just come back to it. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved. Have you noticed being saved? Do you know that there's a continual salvation taking place on the inside of you? Your spirit was saved immediately spirit to spirit, but there's a, a salvation of your soul still taking place. That's the reason you need the refiner's fire. You're, there's still some process going on on the inside of us, of you and I, and we're walking through salvation. There's future salvation. You know you have a glorified body awaiting you. It's a body that you can feast out at the... <laughs> At the banqueting table, you can feast out on all the angel food, cake, and strawberries, and banana pudding that you want, and not gain one ounce. You'll still look like a little like Tim Noe. <laughs> you have a future salvation. We're being saved. We're still in process. Aren't you glad you're still in process? 
Back to my clothes here. So 1 Peter 2.24, himself for our sins and somebody on the tree, I'm at the cross, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. See, the cross is the power of God unto salvation. And the message is much more than just forgiveness of sins. Should you live righteously? Yes. The truth is, sin will still destroy your life. Sin will still destroy marriages, relationships, can destroy your health, destroy your life. There's still principles. You know, the Old Testament, I heard somebody say, well, the Old Testament doesn't pertain. Yes, it does. You can take the book of Proverbs, and there's so much practical wisdom there. All that is still principles to live by and to walk by. But yes, we're forgiven of sins, but if you want to choose to sin, you open the door to the enemy, you can be just as miserable as anyone else on this earth. I think more miserable after getting saved, actually, than the world. I think the worldly people have more fun because you're on the fence being lukewarm. That's power heads. So filtering through the cross, that belief system of the cross. Today you can receive healing. We'll have uh, people praying at the end of service. You can receive healing today. See, it shows you what communion's about. What's communion about? Remembering the cross. It's about remembering the price that was paid. Because we forget. We forget. God, I want to ask you a question. If you never accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You can choose Him today. If I was to ask you, if you were going to heaven, why would you go? You say, well, I believe in God. The devil believes in God, but he's not going to heaven. Well, I hope I am. Hope won't get you there. There's no place in the Bible that says if you hope you go to heaven, you'll go. You don't understand. The church I was in, I was a leader. It doesn't say anything about you being a leader in another church getting you in. Or my parents said I'm a Christian. I was raised in a Christian home. Just because your parents said you're Christian, you're raising a Christian home, doesn't make you a Christian. Jesus made it very clear in John 3. He said, you must be born again. What does that mean, be born again? I'm going to summarize it for you. You give God, you give the Lord all your heart and all your life, and you follow Him. That's what this is about. And it's a choice. You come just this way that you are. You say, I choose Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And you live for Him. From then on, when you need the final answer, it's what God says. That's the final answer. Is that your final answer? What did God say? That this is my final answer. I choose to walk in the love of God. I choose to forgive. I choose to speak the truth in love. We're not going to back down from truth because truth 
is what sets people free. If today you never made that choice to accept Jesus Christ, I want you to lift up your hand right now and say, that's me. We'll pray together and God will accept you into his family. Maybe you prayed this prayer before, but you know you're not walking with God and you need to walk with him. That you just lift your hand. There's someone here that you've gotten a bad report about colon cancer. This is for somebody watching. Online, you're, you're watching this. And the doctors told you you've got colon cancer. And you don't have long to live. And the Lord wants you to know if you'll surrender your heart. You knew Him as a child. If you'll surrender to Him, God will heal your body. He's a healer. And you can call and communicate with us and we'd be glad to minister to you. But right now where you are, you need to get on your knees and you need to call out to your Father in repentance. Forgive me. And God's healing power is touching you now. Thank you, Lord. Let's all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price that was paid. I choose the Lordship of Jesus Christ in my life. I'll make the Word of God the final authority in my life. I'll follow you, Lord, all the days of my life. I know your ways are the ways of abundant life. You have good things, good things in store for me. And I thank you, Lord, for being so good. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.